So let's talk a little bit about our subject um, today, which is stress, adrenal fatigue, exhaustion. Uh, we, as you said, you, you moved back to South Africa because of too much stress. I've been going through a lot of stress last year and anxiety and more and more people, most of the clients that I meet today, they have anxiety in London and this is like a major problem of our century. So what is actually stress and how does it manifest it at a biological chemical level in our body? Um, okay. To put it in real layman's terms, to not bore people with too much no, scientific jargon. Everyone right? has to understand. We do not need to go any to no technical. <laughs> <laughs> can get. Right. So, so we've got two major components in the nervous system, right? We have your peripheral and your central. Yeah. And they communicate with one another. Oh, sorry. By the way, I'm just communicating with this guy because he wants to say hello to you too. Hello. Oh, wow. This is, hey. This is Odie. Hey, what? This is Odie. Hello, Andrea. Howdy, how are you? Is a so girl or a boy? Is a little boy. Little, little boy. boy. He seems so yeah. calm and chill. He, yeah, he, he doesn't know what stress is for sure. No, he just likes sitting over here, you see. He likes to be a part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, to get back to our topic. So the peripheral and the central nervous system, they communicate with one another in order to formulate an understanding of envir in the environment and our awareness or us, let's say in layman's terms, our sense of reality. Okay. Along the way, we, within the communication between the peripheral and the central compartments of our nervous system, certain hormones have to be released in order to encourage energy to be put out as well as encourage energy to be reabsorbed into the body. Yeah. Now, when we're stimulated, we obviously require hormones to release energy so that we can have energy to do what we're stimulated by, right? Now, if we're overstimulated, what happens is those hormones are over-released or excessively released, and through their excessive release, it causes a certain organ function to start to decline in its optimal position, namely the adrenals as well as the kidneys. Mm-hmm. So, what stress is? Our main hormone, main stress hormone, we should we definitely need it, but in the right amount. That's right. Um, yes, yeah, so cortisol is uh, is one of the major stress hormones. It's a glucose, what they call a glucocorticoid. So, to put it in a, in a in a nutshell, how it works is you have two compartments of the adrenals. You have the medulla and the cortex. Uh, within the medulla, you have the release of norepinephrine and epinephrine, adrenaline and noradrenaline. That would directly stimulate the central nervous system to create an, an increased need for more glucose to be released into the bloodstream to further amplify the brain to be active. Yeah. Yeah. And what that does, so then the central nervous system releases something called ACTH, which is adrenocorticotropin hormone, and then this stimulates adrenals to further release cortisol. Mm -hmm. Okay, so epinephrine, norepinephrine, central nervous system, cortisol. And then the cortisol floods our body with excessive glucose, or not excessive, not always excessive. Sometimes it can become excessive. And then that gives us the raw material in order to produce energy through mitochondrial processes. Yeah. Right. But if we overstimulate this release, not only do our adrenal glands start to suffer, but so too does our brain. Yes. Sleep becomes impaired, yeah. mood disorders start to take place, um, which is generally seen 
due to the imbalance that's noted through neurotransmitters due to heightened and prolonged cortisol um, positions within the body. Mm-hmm. Well, what would be the main stresses in our today's life, especially in a big city? So people, maybe they know about them, but they don't understand them at a biological level or the perceive them as the stresses, and we need to name them so they actually understand. Firstly, like psychological stress, which people are probably more prone to, uh, um, prone to awareness of, uh, prone in, in awareness of, sorry, terrible English, um, would, would be the end result. So the tolerance that a person may or may not have toward an emotional position. So for example, um, you know, you, you missed the buying your groceries before the shop was closed. And whilst you're going to buy groceries, you're going to buy a birthday card for your friend and you're on your way to the party and you don't have a birthday card. And you get all notion distraught about that, depending on your reaction as to whether or not you break down and you start crying or you're like, okay, I better just apologize to my friend and try to make up for next time. So those polar ends is very much determined on all the other factors that influence the release of stress that people don't consider. And these factors include predominantly what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. working into virtual artifice, okay? Exposure to non-natural electromagnetic frequencies in doing that, so Wi-Fi all around us. Mm-hmm. Increase of radio waves as well, which is noted in one day society. Mm-hmm. Um, increase exposure to unnatural elements of the environment genetically modified foods. That, uh, do you think that um, the, the foods that we put in our body, the bad foods we put in our body are worse than the environmental pollution and the radiation or the other way around? Which one do you think is worse for our body if we have to eliminate? Because we're trying in London, it's impossible to get rid completely of all of them, but we're trying to reduce the exposure. Yeah. Well, I think, I think anywhere in the world, it's soon going to be completely impossible to get rid of it <laughs> the way that we're going, right? Um, especially after having watched that documentary you sent me last night. It's quite like shocking. It's yeah, shocking. I watched it from start to finish. Um, I, I think, when it, it, just reiterate your question one more time for me. So the, uh, what do you think is worse, the bad food that put people put on a daily basis into our mm-hmm. body or all this electronic pollution, radiation, everything that's around that we cannot even get rid of unless we go somewhere on the top of the mountain? Okay. So I think they stimulate the body in different means. Yeah. Um, I think that EMF has a far more dramatic and immediate effect on our cells than, say, food does. And if you think about it, the process of digestion and assimilation takes a longer, longer pathway in order to influence genetic change uh, and transcription um, activity through genetic exp- expression itself, which is noted through chemical exchange of food. But as soon as we start to change uh, the vibration for, uh, vibrations within our cells, um, and in essence change the pH values through doing that as well, amongst many other things, um, I find that we are going to have a lot more of an immediate gene expression, mm-hmm. often unwanted gene expression, causing disease. So which is worse um, between the two? I think they're both bad, but I think which is going to cause more of an immediate um, unwanted stress impact would be that of unnatural electromagnetic frequencies or non-natural, which are in ample supply. And along with their ample supply, so too are the increase of disease. Yes, 
unfortunately yes and in london we are bombarded with this every day and unfortunately there's not nothing much we can do about it and i can um i can I, as a testimony of mine in regards to that is the fact that if i go to my parents in romania and i eat their bread and the food like milk from the cows and all this like that i don't normally eat here mm. i'm not exposed to almost anything because they live close to mountains i feel good and it doesn't affect me if i come back to london and i have the exact same food which i cannot actually find at the same quality here plus with all the radiation everything that's around i would just be i would just stay in bed all day long i wouldn't even be able to function and think and talk and anything i would just be completely foggy and you know out and that comes down to like which is which came before the chicken or the egg right so is it the food that's the problem or is it our capacity to be able to digest and assimilate nutrients that's the problem and what actually causes an unwanted shift in that capacity um i think truly having experimented with myself and many people over the years um oh, i shouldn't use experiments i should say tested with myself and other people over the years um environment especially a non-natural environment has a much more dramatic and immediate effect on our ability to be able to handle nutrient nutrition. Think about our bodies are designed to be able to handle nutrition. Right? I mean, if we weren't, then just, we wouldn't be alive. We're organic structures and we should be able to break down you know, most of the macronutrients and their carbon and hydrogen, oxygen, and nitrogen structures appropriately. But what happens that it causes um, a little bit of uh, chaos is that our bodies aren't, regulate and, uh, aren't regulating systems within itself to the point where we're um, able to optimize immune reaction to protecting us from unwanted pathogens in the food. And our immune system is just becoming overworked, um, hyper-excited, and subsequently causing reactions whereby we have a sensitivity to certain foods that we shouldn't have. To that extent as well, Andrea, you know, mentioning about having, a, having some bread and having a glass of milk and you know, natural occurring foods back in Romania, you know, it got, me, it got me thinking in the last year that I've been experimenting with uh, biometrics with a lot of my clients. So what I do with the service that I offer, we do daily biometrics to figure out where the autonomic position is, right? Whether someone is in a state of rest and digest or more in a state of fight or flight. And based upon that, we make changes. And looking at that, there have been so many incidents where clients send me pictures of the food and they send me their postprandial glucose as well as the following day's biometrics in the morning. And what I've come to find is that it's not necessarily, and don't get me wrong, sugar is, nobody should live on a diet of sugar because we know what the health impacts are of that. Oh. But you know how sugar has been bastardized and saying that it, it is the predominant factor to cause ill health? Well, I'm not so sure. I honestly think it's more to do with certain foods that have been modified, seemingly healthy foods that have been modified. Yeah. You know especially with GMOs, um, uh, you know, those who don't have access to organic food, truly true organic food, um, and are eating you know, a nice good bowl of steamed vegetables with fish, but those vegetables are coming from GMOs, and the fish yeah. is coming from farm sources, they have tended to have far higher uh, sympathetic readings than those who actually would just had, you know, a, a treat. Wow. So it makes you wonder. So is that an exact? Um, is there an exact outcome to healthy or not? Or should we say, is there? Are there exact labels to seemingly healthy 
and unhealthy foods, or are our bodies more in a state of reaction to not be able to distinguish the difference between the two? Wow, this is a big one. It's a big one, and I, I think you guys are hearing it and questioning yourself when you make the next uh, food choices. Mm -hmm. so it's more about GMO foods rather than allowing yourself to enjoy a little bit of sugar there and there. And, uh, yeah, this, this is a major, major stress on, on our body, the, the genetically modified foods and all the preservatives and all the, the, the uh, extras, ease and all the, the crap that they put in food. Yeah, and the, the, uh, the abundance of heavy metals uh, within okay. our environment. Um, you know, it's not even touch on, on you know topic that everybody spoke sp uh, spoken about in the past, and tend to revisit here and there fluoride and aluminium. I think we should do just a session, a topic one only on heavy metals. This is a big, big thing, and it's like the, the causes of so many diseases thereafter in life. Any like thyroid malfunction or Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and other diseases like that. They all have the root cause, the heavy metals, and we can talk a well, lot. Think of it. Think of it this way, Andrea, uh, what organ, what, what part of the brain's planar organ, it could be considered organ, what part of the brain is associated with the third eye? Within the spiritual association with the third eye, what part of the brain do you know which is associated with the, the pineal gland? So it's the pineal gland. And what happens? Yeah, I know. We calcify it. And what does that do? Well, it's perception. This is where we go in the, the worldwide conspiration uh, thinking and subject, and I don't want to talk about that. No, but the reason why I bring it up. Why it's fluoride everywhere. Who wants that? Why do they do that? Why? Why is it allowed uh, to be in, you know? Why? Well, the reason why I brought it up, my understanding to it, it actually relates to the topic we've been speaking about stress. When you put people in a state of stress, right? Not to the point where they are not functioning, but to the point where they are um, imbalanced, imbalanced, foggy, foggy, right? You have more control over them because they can't see what's coming around them. What a better way to be able to manipulate and control people to buy shit they don't need to influence economical growth in the wrong direction that isn't going to benefit humanity, but actually cause it to be more enslaved than to influence and affect the pineal gland. I'm thinking with pineal gland, and this, perception. Is, this, is what, this is what answers my questions and my thought that um, the, the subject with the overpopulation of the planet. <laughs> oh, wow. Sheesh. Now we're, now we're getting heavy. Now we're really getting <laughs> heavy. I'll talk about this now because, you know, my thoughts. But, uh, you know, like we all know that. And that there's been so many, so many um, uh, programs out there talking about how much fluoride affects the pineal gland and why, why the governments and they, they allow in the countries to even be, exist in the water, to exist in the, the, the toothpaste and all the other products. Why? Well, let's, let's, let's narrow it down. Let's make a, a very brief um, summary on that, in my opinion. You cause chaos in the pineal gland. You cause chaos to perception. Mm. which increases the need for release of stress hormone. Mm. When you increase the release of stress hormone, you create an increase of inflammatory pathways within the body, sure. which causes immune disruption, which causes hormonal dysregulation, which causes people to be living in a state of dis-ease, unease, disease, yeah. which makes money, which allows people yeah. to try and fund their cortisol yeah. by eating more sugar because the only thing that puts cortisol down is insulin. So they're eating more sugar. 
chemicals and we are all on medication. Boom, Bye. boom, boom. Here we go. Money making machine to make sure people stay in a state of disease. Yeah, so, so we answer so many questions here. It's not even point to talk more about this, what's like how stress goes, and maybe people are more aware about it. I don't want to get shot uh, in a month. Or so. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, yeah, no, it's just all these. You know, and the, in the South big Africa, one. and like in London, everyone can find me. <laughs> Listen, okay. if, I, if, I, if I'm not here next week, blame the Rothschilds. They're out sure. to get you. <laughs> Sorry, that's a real conspiracy theory right here. <laughs> Okay, right. let's not go deep into conspiracies. We just still need to be objective and make people understand the causes of stress and how they can reduce it. Thank you all for watching Pro Body Talks. We will be bringing you more guests in my upcoming episodes. Great inspirational human beings. So stay tuned. We have a lot of valuable information that I hope will inspire you all. In the meantime, you can support us by subscribing to my Patreon account. Thank you and goodbye everyone.